1: Paid for by America First Legal.
2: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's Deep Divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
3: Okay, we are live, but we gotta let it breathe a moment as we bring Facebook on here and uh get this party started let's do it proper let's see what we can do zach i'm actually for the first time i'm trying a stream to six different channels one two three four five six hey guys welcome in it's the huddle up podcast presented as always by mile high huddle powered by blue wire pods and i'm your host chad jensen with me is my fellow football priest he is the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, true or false? Tonight, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Luck, provided Vic Fangio just enough justification to his decision to go with Teddy a few days back.
4: Well... Teddy wasn't so steady to start, though, Chad. I mean, he, it was very erratic. It was almost like watching Drew Locke play. A lot of, you know, drop passes, a lot of inaccurate passes. Uh, it wasn't a well-oiled machine, and I'll give Teddy Bridgewater credit. He settled down. He made something happen. And, again, it's death by a 1,000 paper cuts. I put the over-under on Twitter to start the game at deep ball shots. I put it at two. I don't think they exceeded that today. But uh, the, the shots they did take with Teddy, I thought they were – uh, he he delivered good passes, and I think it, it proved what Fangio wants to be. At first, they were settling for field goals, and on defense, they were getting three and outs. That's exactly the blueprint that Fangio wants to employ this season. No one wants to believe that. They want to win ugly or play not to lose. Teddy Bridgewater is your guy. And then... Adding on to that, when Drew Locke came in, he was a little erratic. He got sacked again. The second-string offensive line again let him down initially with Cameron Fleming. But he also responded, Chad. And he actually finished the game with more yards and the same amount of touchdowns as Teddy Bridgewater. He did have the fumble, but this entire preseason for Drew Locke, no interceptions. So he might not be the starter, but I think it's indisputable to say he took a step forward in 2021.
3: Definitely. Definitely. You know, here's the thing. There were two plays from Drew tonight where I was like, man, this is what Vic's going to be in the coaching meetings tomorrow. This is what he's going to be pointing to to justify his decision. That's the snap you referenced, Zach, where Cam Fleming got straight up, pardon me, beat. And by the way, hit the bricks, dude. Told you. I I know you're going (laughs) to eat about a million dollars in dead money, but I think I'll use the term, Bob Morris, Miles Heddles, Bob Morris used the other day, and that is, is, hey, it's considered a sunk cost, right? Yeah. Hit the bricks, dude. Calvin Anderson is turning out to be a quality rotational swing guy. Cam Fleming hit the bricks, Terrible. but I digress. That play, he held to the ball too long. Come on, Drew. Yes. Come he on, did. dude. Where's that clock in your head, he bro? Did. I know he was yes, going, he hey, I want to make some hay. I want, I'm looking for the shot downfield. I'm, right. I'm Biden time, but you got to feel that, dude. And then, of course, the <clears throat> um, the fumbled snap again on the goal line. You're right. Those were the two things. Yeah. Now, fortunately, he recovered and kind of pushed the pile just a little bit. I'll throw one more in just to be a nitpicker. Had Tyree Cleveland had a man by two steps down the left sideline. Drew knew, knows he blew that one. Got it. Missed him by a hair. You got it. You got to yes. connect on that. But, Zach, if I'm – Really going to point to the biggest differences <clears throat> in what I saw between these two quarterbacks tonight. As you said, Teddy started off quite jittery, to be frank, very um, inaccurate, just not really feeling it. He got his win back on that second possession, but yeah. Drew Locke took shots downfield. Teddy Bridgewater had one throw that I counted, and you know I'm not looking at analytics, and I wasn't technically charting the game. One throw I counted that went beyond 10 yards, really, and that was that first connection to Cortland Sutton, which was a nice throw because it was a deep out. Drew Locke took multiple vertical shots. That's the difference, man, is, you know, Drew fumbled the ball. Vic doesn't want to see that. Vic does not want turnovers. So when you're looking at it in the final analysis, Zach, and then I'm serving this back to you. Drew Locke finished tonight. With a significantly better quarterback rating, 141 to Teddy's 101, 67 yards. He went five of seven with a touchdown. Teddy went six of 11 for 62 yards, six of 11 for 62 yards and a 101. So Drew ends up finishing the season uh, with the one turnover that Teddy did not. That was enough to move on from your second round pick who you've invested all this. I mean, I still am scratching my head a little bit.
4: I am too, Chad, and uh, again, he did not commit an interception this preseason, Drew Locke. I think he took a big step forward. It just was too little too late, apparently, in this game. Let me just say, though, uh, kind of as an aside, it was so nice to see Cortland Sutton back on the field catching passes. That debut couldn't have gone better for number 14, and I think he's in for another big season as Cortland Sutton tends to do. Um, You know, the thing about the missed uh, Cleveland pass down the sideline, I'm right there with you. He needs to put a little more air under it. He has to hit that. Every quarterback has to hit that. One thing I noticed in that series, his body language was terrible. It was awful. A psychologist would have a field day with Drew Locke on that series. But what's encouraging... And it might not matter for the Broncos, but it matters for Locke as an NFL quarterback. He didn't bury his head in his hands. He didn't go into a shell. He didn't tank. He wasn't crying on the bench like Paxton Lynch. He rebounded. He he had resolve. Uh, he shook it off. And he came out and actually played better after that. It's like typical Drew Locke from last season where he would throw a pick in the first quarter and then throw two or three touchdowns you know, later in the game as the game went on. He's still a little erratic. And, you know, watching them with the first stringers, I I do still say that Teddy looks a little more poised. And the offense, when it gets going, because Pat Shermer fits him a lot better, it looks a little more like it's in gear with Teddy Bridgewater. But there's no element of big play that we've seen so far. There's no element of pop downfield. And let me just say, if Drew Locke hits that pass, we're talking about a, what, 70-yard touchdown? I mean those are the explosion type plays I thought the Broncos wanted and I'm right there with you. Why you not give Locke a chance after he didn't take a step back this preseason, he took a step forward, is still a little beyond me.
3: Teddy is not gonna pull the trigger on those opportunities. He'll he'll take the check down. The only time he's gonna take the pull the trigger on those opportunities is when his back's against the wall. So in other words, you're playing catch up, it's garbage time, it's two minute drill, you got no choice, you're out of timeouts, you gotta push the ball. And because he doesn't do it on on the reg, Zach, when he does actually resort to pushing the ball, it's never a good thing. It's never a good thing. Guys, lots more to get to. Um, Real quick, Zach, I want to do an update on on Facebook, but let's just grab a couple of early Super Chat superstars who are both non-American members of Broncos country. I love this. I love this. Broncos country, not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Tom is up there north of the 49th parallel saying, defense can't hold third stringers. Teddy finally got something going. Drew settled in after the fumble. All I have to say, Locke, always be ready. Thanks, guys. Yes, indeed. And then Max Power from across the pond. Thank you, Max. It's a, he says, it's very clear why Teddy won after tonight. Locke lacks awareness had enough time to throw a ball away, but his internal clock is like a sundial, meaning that it's primitive, right? It's And, uh, you know, if you're going to point to the one play, and hey, it's it was an impact play, right? Because he lost the ball. Not only did he take a sack, but he lost the ball, gave the Rams basically three free points. But to hang your hat on that as a case in point for Drew this summer, I think you're tripping, to be frank with you, Max, because that was... An atypical play from what we've seen from Drew so far this summer. Now, the Drew of old, sure, I'll go with you there. The Drew that we've seen this summer, I mean, maybe in camp, there was, you know, a few times complaints about him holding on to it, but not in these games, Zach.
4: It's another situation where I, I might. I might come around to maybe understanding the rationale with going with Bridgewater, but it's another game where I wasn't convinced he's far and away the clear, better quarterback, Chad. I mean, when you watch them play, yeah, one guy started off, both guys started off a little erratic, but let me tell you something. If that was Locke out there, misfiring with the first stringers and not getting anything going and and stalling drives— he would have been eviscerated. Teddy Bridgewater's leash with the fan base is infinitely longer, and it comes out with comments like that. Again, you can talk about the Seattle game being the turning point, but even then, they completed the same number of passes. And this third game, even though it doesn't matter, even though the starters decided, Drew Locke finished, same number of touchdown passes, and more yards. So it's not clear to me, Max, at all.
3: Nor is it to me. Zach, hold your horses for just a second. We're going to grab your super chat. Uh, before we get to that, Great we got to just give everybody a quick update on where we're at on our Facebook goal. Uh, let me go ahead and get that off uh, really quick here, guys. We have been really stoked to see every day, new subscribers on Facebook. Appreciate our super supporters as we lovingly call them. You, it's five bucks a month to become a supporter of MHH on Facebook when you do. You get access to our premium VIP podcast content that nobody else but you get access to, including like today, the Trickle Zone, Broncos Book Club with yours truly. And then tomorrow, Kelberman's Corner at noon Mountain Time. Appreciate you guys. Also, guys, here's where we're at, Zach, on the March to 500K. We are going to give away a Von Miller jersey plus a very special little MHH memento to a randomly selected person that's following the page and contributing to our goal when we reach 500,000 stars on Facebook. The only people in the running for that giveaway and for the raffle are those who contributed stars to the goal. So it goes like this. The more someone has starred or the higher they're ranked, which you'll see here in a moment, that means they're going to have more tickets in the hat so that when we do the randomly selected drawing and it's a raffle and we say the winner is you're improving your odds, all right? So, Zach, we're at 79%. About two weeks to wow. go till we reach the season opener. I, I still feel bullish that we're going to hit it oh, in yeah. time for the, for the opener. No doubt. Fortunately, we don't have to be great record keepers to, to, to figure out who's doing the most stars. Facebook takes care of that for us. Here is the leaderboard, and this is how Zach and I know how many tickets per person to put into the hat to represent their share of the goal. Zeus McPeak number one, Andrew Lampy number two, and by the way, Zeus was getting sweated a little bit. He he was there was a couple of guys within about a five to ten k margin of Zeus. But today with the with the VIP pods and the uh, Mile High Insiders pod, he go ahead, he went ahead and padded his lead there, Zach. Andrew Lampy at two, Randy Jones three, Travis Weber four, Howie Frickin Day at frickin five. Michael Ronquillo at 6. Simon Wiebe. Is it Wiebe? I don't want to say Web. I don't think that's Web. Is it Wiebe? 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 Wiebe. I'm going to say Wiebe. Is it Wiebe? Travis Tarbox at 8. Gary Leeds Palmer at 9. Andrew Baker at 10. And then these fine folk just outside the top 10, but they still have plenty of tickets in the hat for that drawing. You want to improve your odds? Stars are the way to do it. We appreciate you guys, and we'll update tonight's stream and let you know who's in the running for tonight's stream.
4: Y'all are uh, incredible, though, Chad. I mean, we are it's jumping up like 10 percentage points every single show. I mean, you guys, you never cease to amaze me. When- when you show out in full force like that, and we're scrolling, 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 I mean, thank you, Paul.
3: Most definitely. A couple other quick things. Connect with us on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod and at Mile High Huddle. Zach Kelberman on Twitter. Follow him, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. If you'd like to get one of these fine MHH trucker hats or a t-shirt or a face mask or a hoodie, go to HuddleUpPod.com, get your swag on, and support the brand help us out it's another great way to support what we do here also guys kindly give our huddle up podcast facebook page a like and a follow helps us out a lot we got big plans for that page but we got to get it to scale and we're getting there we're at three thousand followers on that page and it's only existed for two and a half three months but we need to keep it going we got to keep going and then we'll unveil what we got planned there And if you're not in a position to be a supporter, to super chat, to throw up stars, to buy some merch, it's all good, guys. We're seriously just stoked to have you with us. Make sure that you are subscribed. Kindly like this video if you're on YouTube and Facebook especially. And if you think we're doing a good job, or at the very least, you respect the effort, then share this video out there. Help us continue to grow and reach those new like-minded Broncos fans that are just like you. All right, back to Zach. Appreciate you, Zach. And by the way, Zach, I don't recognize this Zach. So welcome. Thank you. Appreciate the super connect on Twitter. He says, Zach and Chad, be honest. How do you feel about that and 4 start? Felt sick to my stomach, LOL. Yeah, Teddy did not look good to open tonight's game, Zach.
4: No, I know you're talking about the quarterbacks, but I I thought it was really interesting. They had the broadcast on TV. They had George Payton up in the booth, and they were talking to him. And the biggest takeaway, aside from the obvious questions about quarterbacks, he said the Broncos, it's imperative they get out to a strong start this coming season. So your 0-4 comment reminded me of how Fangio is winless in September still. That cannot happen. And you get the feeling based on uh, Peyton's comments, Chad, if they do start slow, the the flames under Vic Fangio's behind are going to be engulfing.
3: Yes, indeed. Um, As they should be. As they should be. Jonathan, what's up, brother? Good to see you. He says, O-line depth is bad. Mm, I'm not going to say O-line depth is bad. If you're just going like unit by unit, Jonathan, I feel you. The second string was a far cry, especially in game two and three uh, from the first team. But like the left tackle or the swing tackle, Calvin Anderson, I'm not really sweating him. I think the depth between Quinn Miners, Natani Muti, Austin Schlotman, depending on who they ultimately keep, I think that's a solid swing trio to fill whatever gaps you might need down the, down the road. I'm not too so worried about depth. He goes, uh, Sutton and Vaughn being back feels so good. Teddy played as expected. Check down, check down, check down, check down. Although I will say, Zach, I was somewhat impressed on that touchdown throw to Sutton that he broke the pocket and scrambled a little made a play. Uh, Drew Locke played better, in my opinion. I'm going to miss that guy. Yeah, he played better, but it was, Zach, that was the perfect way to describe it. Last fall, we would often lament Drew Locke's penchant for having to exercise a demon before he could kind of get into a groove. First, second drive of the game, pick, boneheaded play, whatever it would be, he'd kind of get it out of his system and then settle in. It kind of felt like that today. But once he did get that out of his system, Zach, that that first drive and, well, that that sack fumble, he did look good. He would have looked even better if he would have connected on that deep shot to Tyree.
4: Yeah first impressions are everything. So, Teddy comes out and starts the game. He settles down. He, he's erratic. Drew Lock comes out and starts the game. Uh, you know, he when he comes in, he's erratic, but he settles down. The one thing I like about Teddy, and I, I agree with you, he broke the pocket. He showed some maneuverability. He also showed some arm strength to fit that touchdown in there. I want to see more of that. Push the ball vertically and not so much horizontally. I, I. It's just still, if Vic Fangio, he'll never admit this publicly, but if there was any sort of bias against Drew Lock because of his penchant for being erratic, inconsistent, turnover-prone, tonight's game just confirmed that for Vic Fangio, and it it looked, in comparison, like Bridgewater was a better quarterback. But it was a push, at minimum, for me.
3: Uh, Really quick here, guys. Got to shout out these great star senders over on Facebook tonight. Randy flexing Hard. Hey, man, you still have a chance to come out on top with the most raffle tickets here, Randy. Appreciate you, brother. Seth Jenkins, Colby C. Collier, David Wilder, Michael Ronquillo, Brad Murdoch, and Eric Weber. Thank you for those stars, men. We really appreciate you, and we'll keep an eye out for your questions and comments in the chat. And, yeah, good to see you too, Michael. Um, Zach, really quick here. I see some comments
4: about getting Gardner Minshew. I'm glad he's off the board now, and I see a comment about Deshaun Watson. Uh, Still don't think that's happening. I think he's going to the Dolphins as soon as this coming week.
3: Ooh, We'll talk more about that real quick. Ruben. Pardon me. He says Locke has no pocket presence. Teddy does. That's a major issue. The touchdown that Teddy was able to score was due to his pocket awareness and his ability to move around in the pocket to create that passing lane. Um, I would agree up to this point that was that's always been one clear edge that Teddy has had from a physical standpoint is pocket feel. I wouldn't really use tonight as like the quintessential example of that. And because his his touchdown throw that wasn't him maneuvering the pocket that was awareness because he felt the pressure and so he squirted on out that was just an athlete making an athletic play and i like to see it
4: but here's the difference though teddy bridgewater i mean this argument worked against drew lock and in favor of bridgewater last week teddy bridgewater had the first string offensive line and they played pretty well for the most part they gave him a pocket with which to operate in. Uh, they didn't give Locke the opportunity. Again, he comes in the first series, he sacked because Cameron Fleming broke down. There is a falloff from first to second string. So you can judge it how you want and, and your interpretations of the game. I thought both quarterbacks made plays and both quarterbacks showed their respective assets, Chad.
3: What really jumped out to me tonight, and thank you, Shane. Appreciate you, Says All I got to say is make them regret. I like it, dude. Is tonight what smacked to me was it, I was just so reminded hearing that from when George Payton was up in the booth. Like I had a flashback of John Fox circa 2011 saying when he had to, when he said, you know, Kyle Orton won the quarterback competition with Tim Tebow. Well, no kidding. If you pit a young raw quarterback, especially one like Tim Tebow in an open competition with the more buttoned up guy, the safer guy with the higher floor, He's going to lose that competition 100 times out of 100. He just is, if that's how he's measured. Similar thing, gives us the best chance to win. That's what uh, George Payton said tonight. Teddy gives us the best chance to win. Reminded me of the Kyle Orton days, especially under Foxy. I really got tired of hearing that phrase. And really what that means, guys, is they're gravitating toward the higher floor more than they are the ceiling
4: and that usually happens when someone, either the GM or their head coach's job, is on the line, and sure enough, Vic Fangio's job is on the line. Uh, It was interesting, though. George Payton was a little revealing. He said his role in the quarterback decision was being a sounding board for Vic Fangio. So it really confirms that it was mostly or solely a Fangio call because his job is on the line to go with Teddy Bridgewater. He made that bed, and now he and he alone has to lie in it.
3: The Queen says, can we just say Pat Shermer sucks? Yes. Guys, there were two things I saw today that really excited me offensively. Seeing Cortland Sutton, that was just great, right? I'll say three things, actually. Seeing Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon looked like he had some juice. And I don't know if it's because fresh, he looked different. He didn't have the dreads. Like he, At first, I'm like, who is, oh, wait, that's 25. Oh, that's, that's Gordon. He looked good though. He had some juice today, Zach. He finished with, uh, pardon me, he finished with five carries for 35 yards. Looked really nice. So Sutton, Melvin, and I liked Albert O, man. Albert O trying to go freaking leaping over (laughs) dudes who aren't even going low. I mean, I think that knee is good. It looks like the knee is good. There are some weapons on this offense, guys. And that, if anything, for those of you who are Teddy skeptical, throw in your support, throw in your hopes, throw, you know, throw in all that with the fact that he's got a great supporting cast. Let's just hope as the queen kind of, you know, hints at here, Shermer can figure out how to help Teddy just get those guys the ball. That's all you got to do. Get him the ball.
4: There were a lot, another Broncos victory, there was a lot more good than bad in this game, but there was nothing good about Pat Shermer, who once again showed himself to be who he was last year, and it seems to be that Vikings game we saw, Chad, that, you know, the game planning and the creativity and the ingenuity, that was an outlier. So we're not going to get that this year, and I'm going to still hold out hope that they're going to game plan, you know, more significantly in the regular season. They're kind of holding something back, but what can Pat Shermer really be holding back? I think the series with Teddy Bridgewater we saw tonight, we saw last week, we saw against Minnesota. That's what the Broncos' offense will look like. It's is the primary objective is to go horizontal, and then secondary is to go vertical. I feel bad for KJ Hamler. Yeah, again,
3: yeah. I do think though. Again, guys, like Teddy got off to a slow start tonight. He was a little bit out of sorts initially. But I think this is an offense, like, if you're, if you're trying to say, hey, Chad, tell me what the ceiling is for this Teddy Bridgewater-led offense. I would tell you that the very tippy-top ceiling that you could maybe, just out of reach, possibly if you get up on your tippy-toes, touch. Alex Smith, Andy Reid, you know, you're scoring somewhere between 24 and 32 a game. You're moving the chains. That would be a juggernaut with this defense. But I think it's going to be more like, Zach, something around the low 20s. I don't think they will turn the ball over that much, and it's going to be very dependent on the ground game. If you don't get that ground game going so that you can get the play action going. With Teddy, Zach, the play action is not so much about beating them over the top. The play action is about just sucking up the linebackers and being able to hit the seams in the middle of the field. Uh, Fernando, if Locke continues to make progress, we will have an opportunity – Will he have an opportunity to take over for Teddy? There's no way. This is the last of Locke. Locke is not, is done in Denver for now. Until and unless Teddy either plays out himself out of the job, Zach, or gets hurt. Knock on wood. Let's not. Let's hope Teddy does not get hurt. But yeah, Drew's done. They moved off him. They moved off him, guys. So he's no longer in the team's plans for the long term. Answer at Q. And maybe he wasn't. Maybe. After last season, they decided. In fact, maybe George Payton, in his sit-down, his first interview with the club as a prospective GM, maybe he said, no, I don't think Drew's the answer. If that's the case, frying pan, back of the head, why'd you pass on a quarterback at pick nine? So I do think they were holding out some hope. This was a decision still motivated, Zach, by the imminent demand of winning for, for Vic, Vicky Poo.
4: Yeah, a couple of points I want to just touch on real quick. When Bridgewater was in the game, it's no coincidence that he started to heat up when Melvin Gordon was kind of heating up and running well. It's If anything, Chad, like you said perfectly, it's not so much with Teddy Bridgewater um, taking shots over the top, even though we'd love to see it with the, with these weapons that they have. It's keeping the defense honest. It's keeping eight men out of the box and off the running backs' backs. Um, And, and the thing about, uh, you know, uh, Drew Locke, I, I I understand he was erratic, and I understand that the quarterback decision went against him. And if you see his body language once again, especially after the sack, especially after the fumble, he looks like his confidence is shot in Denver. And I put that tweet out there a few days ago. Everyone said, well, he can still start again. Do you know how demoralizing that is, not just for a professional, but for a 24-year-old kid trying to find his way in the world? I know it's a business, and I know it goes that way sometimes, but I just feel like, to answer your question, the only way he's getting back in the starting lineup, as good as he looked this preseason, is by injury or really, really, really bad play on Teddy Bridgewater's part.
3: That's the score, man. When you name a starter on the heels of a 50-50 competition... We could sit here and debate, hey, how, how, and speculate how short the leash is, but, you know, they're not moving off Teddy unless they feel like he's sucking it up. They're at risk of losing the season. So Drew's holding the clipboard from now until. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where
0: you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site.
3: Probably middle of the season at the very soonest, and that's only assuming anything goes wrong with with Teddy. They're losing games. Offense is not moving the needle. We'll see. Albert says Drew's fumble was not quite all on him because the right tackle was laying on the ground doing not a thing. He was beating gonna, Cameron Fleming. Look, that was Drew Locke held onto the ball way too damn long. Yeah. That was a rookie issue, and I'm sure it drove his coaches absolutely bat. You know what? Crazy. Come on, dude. Throw it away, dude. I know it was third down. Was it third down? I think it was third down. Either way, get rid of that ball, Drew, or break the pocket. You can't chill there for three, four seconds and expect not to get beat, man, or hit. And plus, as the television broadcast did a good job of illustrating Zach, he wasn't burping the baby. He didn't have two hands on the ball. Hmm. Loosey-goosey, boom, ball comes out. That Look, Fleming sucks. I'll give you that, Albert. Um, didn't help that he got so beat one-on-one, but Drew, that fumble ultimately was on Drew.
4: It was, yeah. I would say it's like 60-40 on Locke, but even though Cameron Fleming, you would like to see a tackle hold his block and not fall to the ground. It doesn't matter, but I wonder who the intended receiver was that Locke was waiting to get open. You know, if it's someone like Tyree Cleveland versus someone like Trinity Benson, you wonder if the speed he was waiting on someone to break open downfield. And then you wonder if it's not such a common theme in a Pat Shermer offense. It still looks like every time they throw long, it's some foreign concept, like it's 1940s football trying to come in the current era. So it's, and one more thing about Locke, because I do want to move off the quarterbacks a little bit, Chad, while we're on here tonight. The defense played, there's stuff to talk about with that. They didn't allow a touchdown this preseason. I will say one thing, though. It's amazing how much better Locke played when they started to move him around, roll out, play action. Where was that last week? We will always wonder that.
3: That's why I wonder, you know, not so much a sabotage attempt for Drew, but most, more like, uh, hey, let's throw him in some looks he doesn't like and see how he hangs. It's just unfortunate, and it's unfair, frankly, if they decided to do it that way because I would be stunned, shocked, if they schemed those type of situations that were outside of Teddy's maybe forte in his swings at the plate. Mark Langley, what's good, brother? Legendary superstar. He says, what's up, my guys? If the head coach is fired, will they then say, lock, Will they then stay with Locke? Oh, just a thought. No, I don't think so. I think Locke's done, my dog. Because if when you go out and you get a new head coach, we're assuming it's going to be an offensive-minded hire after Vic. Please, God. And that that guy's going to need, deserve, and want his own cue. Yes. The guy he brought in. So, uh, Zach, real quick, before you riff off that, I just want to quickly shout out an update on the stars for tonight. Randy's still in the lead. Seth Jenkins, Michael, Colby, David. Brad Murdoch, Eric, and Tracy Wolf chime in with some stars, throwing a raffle in the hat for the Von Miller giveaway, and then Zach. I'm gonna do this because we don't have a traditional hour hour and fifteen tonight, so I'm gonna I'm gonna rapid fire a few of these real quick. Looking on the back end here, uh, with starting with Clayton, he says, "I saw what I predicted already. Defense sitting on all the short routes." having a hard time running the ball. And the sad thing is they're going against a second-string defense. Shake my head. Clayton, thank you for that super chat. And, Zach, I noticed that initially too, flooding the short areas, uh, kind of threw Teddy off a little bit. He was off target. He was holding onto the ball a little too long here and there too, and and his throws at least were a little bit late. I'm thinking specifically of that one to Timmy P. Um, hopefully it was just kind of Teddy still ironing out some some kinks.
4: Yeah, I mean, you got to give credit to the Rams. They get paid too, but you have to wonder is this the the cause and effect by waiting until August 28th to name your quarterback and get them on the field together with the first string offense? And this is the the downside and this is the um the effect with an A to dragging an even Steven quarterback competition out um, I, I think it's just a combination of the Rams playing good defense, Teddy still working out the kinks, as you said, Chad, and also Pat Shermer not being creative enough to ever beat the other team by his own brain and not relying on his players.
3: Mark Rich, thank you for the super. He says, "Is there any chance Drew was benched as a contract negotiation tactic?" Might be too conspiratorial. Just a thought. Yeah, no, dude. He wasn't. It's not like he was angling for some mega deal and then they threw this into the you know spokes to uh, save him some coin. I mean, he was as unproven as it gets. So very tinfoil mark, interesting thought, but definitely no. And then Zach, here's Murphy bros. Thank you, buddy for that very generous super. He says, I was pulling for drew, but it is what it is. I guess one thing we can all agree on. I still hate the chiefs and Raiders go Broncos. What's more Zach. It was just really cool to see Broncos country out in force here in the incompletes at mile high stadium. Yes. You know, Hey, Hey, Teddy's the quarterback, get behind him, get excited. Like football's just around the corner of the regular season. And man, it's just, we're finally here.
4: Yeah. It was so nice for the first time in almost two calendar years, going back to 2019, it was a full capacity Broncos crowd. And even Cortland Sutton said they interviewed him during the game. And and he was talking about his debut. The first thing he did was thank Broncos country for how supportive they are. So all class with him and the greatest fans in the world. I think the Broncos, even with Teddy Bridgewater, they can sweep the Raiders. I'm kind of down on Las Vegas this year. And you know what? If things break the right way, they can maybe split with Kansas City. It's going to be an exciting year. I think they're going to win a lot of games, and we all have to support who's under center, and that's Teddy Bridgewater.
3: Benji Clay, thank you for the super. He says, six straight incomplete passes, then one half decent drive against a third string D, and we are calling that steady. Locke didn't look pretty, but his confidence is gone. I definitely think his confidence has taken a shot. And I think, yep. you know, he's a swaggy guy. He's, he's a confident cat. But when you lose the faith and, and, and support of the organization, that's what I told you guys is, you know, that's the risk you run. if you Because you could always go to Teddy, right? The risk you run by doing it the other way is you don't know how Drew's ultimately going to handle that. And uh, most quarterbacks that are in his shoes that were once tapped – by the organization as, hey, this is who the, who we think is our future franchise Q. Wasn't a franchise guy yet, but we think he can be the future guy. And then you take that away. Best odds, Zach, it's 50-50 that they ever bounce back from that, from a confidence you know, perspective between the years.
4: I think they're Carson Wensing, Drew Locke. And now going forward, you have to wonder what Locke's motives are. Is it doing what's best for Denver or doing what's best for Drew Locke? If I was him, I would heavily lean toward the latter at this point, Chad. When the, and the team clearly gave up on me.
3: Oh yeah. If I'm Drew Locke, I know this. This sounds jaded. I'm, you know, low key asking my agent to make a few calls around to some front yeah. offices that might be a little quarterback needy. Even if it's not a scenario where I walk in and day one, I'm anointed a starter. But like, it's a pretty ripe opportunity. I'm talking indie places like that. Hey, why not? Denver just told you they're you're not the guy here anymore. A, we're talking today. You're not the guy here today, and that also means we don't think you're the guy here anymore for the future. Right. Tom Algreco, again, thanks, buddy. Did you guys notice better play calling for tonight? I didn't, Zach.
4: I I saw Pat Shermer, and I think again, and I'll say this again, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And I'm believing Pat Shermer. He is always going to be, and especially with Bridgewater now, he found the perfect quarterback for his wet dream of horizontal three-yard dump-off passes.
3: Aaron Peluso, another newer name on Super Chat. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you for that support. Connect on Twitter. Aaron says, I feel like Teddy is going to be a Tannehill situation for us. I think he has an opportunity to resurrect his career with Denver. Let's go, Teddy. I agree that he has an opportunity to resurrect his career. If the stars are ever going to align for Teddy to truly resurrect his career, it's right now because the talent around him and winning a, a starting job, period, plus the talent around him. This is it for him. If Teddy doesn't make hay with this collection of talent that he is surrounded by, Zach, he will never, ever be considered factor for a starting job in this league again he'll still have value and viability as a backup and a nice fail safe but it's just like guys like case keenum hey solid leader of men all right how far does that get you when the chips are down and you can't move the needle from a physical perspective you know teams eventually go hey yeah great leader but go ahead and lead from the from the bench here's a clipboard help our young quarterback." So that's it for Teddy. This is it. If he doesn't capitalize and it's a great opportunity, I think he can. But at the same time, Zach, what that looks like, Teddy capitalizing on this opportunity, the best case scenario is kind of the peak days of Alex Smith in Kansas City. And if you can remember, why did they move off Alex Smith? Close but no cigar, right? They got close to the top of the mountain, many pieces around them. Great coaching, A. We can't say that is happening and is going to happen in Denver, but they couldn't, he couldn't get over the hump for the Chiefs, so they went and drafted Mahomes. But I digress.
4: I'm so glad you brought up a failed former Broncos holdover because what, what you were describing was the same exact thing we were saying about Joe Flacco just a few years ago, and the same thing applies. And I have a one little hot take, non-rhetorical question for everyone out there. Does Teddy Bridgewater have a career to resurrect? You have to ask yourself that. He got, okay, he has a Pro Bowl nom. I understand he had the bad injury, but has he mostly been a starting quarterback or has he mostly been a backup guy, journeyman, shredding water in the NFL? I think you have to have once had a career to resurrect your career. And I think he's shown what he is. It's a really high-end backup and a really low-end starter. And the Broncos got that same exact guy.
3: Hey Jess, thank you for showing that love, my friend, and for the super chat. He says, uh, "I'm glad to see Sutton score." Let's go! Yeah, it was nice, and that's that's another thing, guys. Like to try and move past any skepticism and misgivings and anything remotely negative with Teddy, it was really encouraging, Zach, to for to, to see him looking for Sutton. It yeah. felt like a little bit of a pattern right there at the end when they got the touchdown and then they sat him down. He went to he he converted a big third down to Sutton on his what I think was probably you know put it up there maybe his second best throw, <clears throat> Yeah. third best play right there with you, yep. second best throw behind that Salbert throw in Seattle. Um, good to see that connection and then Tanner here. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. By the way, Tanner, remind me what your Twitter handle is, dude. He says I have many thoughts. One, the second O line looked better with Quinn Bailey at right tackle, not Fleming. What does that Two, say? PJ lock is a lock three. We haven't let up. We haven't allowed a touchdown. That's impressive considering all the random things preseason can bring Zach. That is encouraging, but I got to remind everybody, how many first teamers did Vic Fangio's defense go against this summer?
4: Not many. And you know, the quarterback they played today was actually pretty good. Perkins. He made some nice throws. He made some nice plays. That's the beauty of having a great offensive mind, developing quarterbacks and developing players. Um, it's you know, if Quinn Bailey looks better than Cameron Fleming, I think that's more of an indictment on Cameron Fleming. Can you scroll down a little bit? I want to see the comment about PJ Lock. That's what I wanted to say. Okay, you think he's a lock. Okay, you're keeping Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Caden Stearns, PJ Locke, and Jamar Johnson. Are you cutting Jamar? Are you cutting Caden? So I don't know that he's a lock. You can't have you can't keep everyone. And I think that's a numbers game with PJ, had a great preseason, but I'm keeping the rookies with the higher upside.
3: I don't know about Jamar, man. I haven't seen one thing from him yet this summer. Like, I think he's a guy that they're going to waive and just hope that they can get him back on the practice squad. But we'll see. We'll see. I still am hopeful in him. I'm just telling you, you know, if it's about what have you done for me lately. Again, if this was like a third-round pick, it wouldn't even be a question. Fifth-round pick and the second safety you drafted, not really kind of living up to things, not quite getting it. You, you'll you take the risk probably and hope you can sign him back to the squad. And if you can't, then, you know, you cut your losses. Uh, Castillo, what's up, dude? He says, let's pick up the punter for the Rams. Special teams might cost the team a game. Oh, uh, yes. Quarterback, such a boring conversation now.
4: Let's talk about special teams, Chad. How terrible, once again, they were. How Tom McMahon needs to get fired. Had that had to have happened two years ago. And I don't understand how he still has a job in Dove Valley Every time I look up, the Broncos special teams is committing another blunder. The only thing they do good is Brandon McManus. They fail everywhere else. Brock Olivo got one year; he was gone. McManus has immunity in the organization, and I don't understand why.
3: Uh, C squared TV guys, we got to move off the lock. Should be the starter guy, like or thing, because it's just not going to happen. It's not. Then once a team makes a decision like that. It's like I said in the uh, you know, five things to, to watch for article I published this morning, Drew could go out play Mahomesian. They're not moving off Teddy as the guy. not yet, because they made that decision. Now they would look weak, they would look, yeah, I mean, Vic Fangio, look, that ain't it's just not going to happen. So move on, let's talk about Teddy. I mean we can still commiserate a little bit if it's, if it's really bugging you that bad. And there's still things that bother us about that whole situation, especially after seeing Locke.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site
1: Paid for by America First Legal. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum, restrictions may apply, subject to availability.
0: And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone
3: kind of start off a little rough tonight, bounce back in a pretty big, bad way. You know, you're, you're, we're always going to wonder what could have been. His story's not completely over yet in Denver because there's still a chance if he were to ever get called on and comes back in. But again, it would take a super Mahomesian effort from Drew if he ever gets his number called again in Denver to even, be, like, to even give George Payton pause in any way, shape, or form. From not drafting a first round quarterback next year.
4: Yeah, if they went back to lock, you know, for a non injury reason, Fangio would have more egg on his face than Ronald McDonald. It's such a bad optics move to bench your higher upside young quarterback and go with the steadier higher floor guy in Teddy Bridgewater and then turn back to the guy that you bench whose confidence is shot. So I don't think they can go that route. And like I said, Fangio backed himself into this corner and he made his own bet. Nobody else, not Shermer, not George Payton, Vic Fangio alone. And now he has to live with that.
3: Zach, again, thank you, buddy. He says, it's safe to say Locke was the expected starter for the season. Definitely a higher ceiling than Teddy. Get the feeling Fangio always intended Teddy to start. Should we have been more aggressive in the QB market with, like, Rogers Watson? Because remember, Zach, the timeline on this. The Broncos acquired Teddy the day before the draft. So if the feeling institutionally was we're going to go with Teddy – barring some like quantum leap from drew then shame on them for not drafting a quarterback in round one i mean i wasn't a huge justin fields guy or a mac jones guy but if you really thought you were going to be going with teddy shame on you for um that's not anything against patrick Sertan. but it's like going back to 2018 zach if you could do it over again are you taking bradley chubb at pick five or or are you taking lamar
4: right it's it's always hindsight chad and you know it, he does have the higher ceiling, Drew Lock. I think that's you know unequivocal. But George Payton, another revealing comment. He he was talking about the quarterbacks in the competition. He said it was really close. He almost used the phrase coin flip. But he also said starting in May work, May practices, OTAs. How could that have been a factor when Teddy was brand new at that point to the to the team? He had come in literally days earlier. So they made that trade. And we were a little, you know, we sold the Broncos short. It was a little more nefarious, I think, than we thought. Oh, Teddy's the understood backup. He has no problem supporting Locke. They're putting a little pressure on Locke, but still angling for him to be the starter. I think now they went out and identified Bridgewater as the guy intentionally. And they knew that going in when they acquired him. We would like to see this guy win the
3: job. It kind of feels like that more and more in hindsight as we start hearing them say things, right? The shot callers—they get exposed to public, um, you know, a broadcast where they're speaking off the top of their head. Little things come out. Sometimes they're Freudian, and they hint at, you know, you got to read behind between the lines a little bit. But definitely um, something to make you wonder. Here's an update on tonight's stars. Appreciate Randy still in the lead comfortably, but Daniel Vasquez came in left field. Climb to number two, out of the gates. Seth Jenkins, Michael Colby, David Brad, Eric, Tracy. Thank you guys for the support. You know, we do appreciate you, and we are keeping an eye out for any of your comments in the chat. All right, Zach, we are at 45 minutes. Let's just see uh, where we're at here on Supers. We can't stay too much longer, guys, so we got to rapid-fire these remaining Supers. Uh, Grant, Grant, I am Dahl Barella, another newer name. Thank you. Welcome. Connect on Twitter. Speaking of next year, should the Broncos make a play for the Bills offensive coordinator as the next head coach? Zach, talk about that.
4: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Brian Dayball. I mean, did you guys chat? Maybe you didn't see it, but the Bills played today. And Josh Allen, it just, he picks up where he left off last year. The guy is throwing literal thro- frozen ropes. That passing offense is just smoldering hot right now. And Josh Allen, he's the guy to credit. He's the quarterback. But the brains behind it is Brian Dayball. He's going to be, along with Kellen Moore, maybe Greg Roman, Eric Bieniemy, annually, one of the hottest candidates on the head coaching circuit in 2022. And I pray if the Broncos are in that market, they beat down his door.
3: The Duchess of MHH jumping in, Michaela, what's going on? It's great to see you. Thank you. She says, the Rams' third-string quarterback looked better than ours. Maybe he could be our starter. Teddy looked like trash. Locke looked bad, too. It'll be a bad, long season. I I wouldn't be that myopic, Michaela, because I don't think either Locke or Teddy looked bad. They both had their bad moments, per se, but Teddy bounced back and Locke bounced back. But, yeah, give, your, give it up to Perkins, man. Like, you know, he didn't really move the needle as far as anything big with his arm that much. But, you know, he was elusive. He was twitchy. He made a few plays with his legs. You know, there might be a coach out there that sees him and goes, hey, let me see if I can develop his passing acumen because he did look like a playmaker.
4: Yeah, I disagree completely that uh, Teddy looked like trash. I think the Broncos could have won with him in a regular season game all four quarters. I disagree that Locke looked bad. I think the Broncos could have won with him if it was all four quarters. They both got better as the game went on. The third string quarterback for the Rams did look pretty good, and at times he was more consistent, but that also is a, a hat tip to the coaching when you stack Sean McVay against Pat Shermer. It's like an adult versus an infant. It's no contest at all. Michaela, I see a comment you said also uh, that the season's over already. Cheer up. I promise you it'll be okay. They're going to win some games this year. Hang in there and get to September 12th. Winning cures all.
3: Yeah, hang in there. And also, not only September 12th, but get to September 26th, all right, Right. when we can see you in the flesh. It's going to be okay. Trust on that. The Brainstorm, thank you, buddy, says, How many losses till they bring in Locke? Zach, I would say Teddy would have probably like a, three, no more than three uh, window of losses. That, and they'd have to be successive, right? Like it yes. couldn't be if he lost three. Like, I mean, pick a number three out of five or six. I think if he lost two, he's on notice. If he loses three, they probably throw Locke back in there.
4: Yeah, again, though, we got this question like a week ago. Context does matter. How are they losing those games? Are they competitive? Are they in the hunt for a wild card? All those things will go into to the, the, the factor in that decision. But the number one factor, Chad, as naming Teddy the starter, if Vic Fangio feels pressure to save his job, I don't think he'll sell out Teddy like he sold out Drew. So like like you said, if they start to lose two games, I think the hot seat under Teddy is boiling hot. Three games, he's out.
3: The queen. Love you, Christy. Thank you so much. She says, let's just hope for the best. We can all do that, right? Exactly. Let's hope for the best. I haven't seen anything from Teddy that would make me say, find me the this quickest or the, the the closest ledge so I can jump off. I haven't seen that from Teddy. Teddy has shown me that, hey, he can get out there and keep things moving. You know, he can be a positive force. He can Distribute the ball. I just want to be able to say that with the added caveat of he can distribute the ball beyond five to eight yard zones.
4: Yeah. Be nice to push it, you know, 10 yards down the field, 15 yards, maybe even get crazy and throw it 20 yards down the field. Ooh, now pump the brakes now. <laughs> Don't get crazy. Christy, we love you so much, Queen. Thank you. And Chad, one more thought that came to me. I think if the Broncos lost three games in a row, is it fair to, to wonder would they sooner fire Vic Fangio than bench Teddy
3: Bridgewater? That's a good question. Because Teddy is a is a Peyton guy, right? Yep. Vic's not. Anthony Bomer. What's good, bro? I'm gonna I'm gonna grab Anthony and Rogue because we gotta kind of move quickly here. Anthony says, I'm still very confident in this offense. No way. It shouldn't be great unless Teddy or Shermer really stink. Positive vibes. Go Broncos. I dig that. Positive vibes, brother. And then Josh says, not at all excited to see Teddy under center. This showing was a testament to what we can expect from both him and the coaching staff next week. And then, Zach, one more from Rick Weber. Thank you, Rick. I have this feeling they were planning to move off of Locke, but they must have had this hope of Rodgers coming to town to pass up on a QB in the draft. Maybe, but that was so left field, and that was so at the 11th hour. you got to remember, the Rodgers story broke day afternoon of the first round. So Teddy arrives the day before, then the Rodgers news breaks that morning of the draft, then the draft. I think more than anything it was, okay, Vic, got what you wanted. Here's a quarterback you can uh, plausibly win with, and here's a corner that can help you win now. Do your best because I'm honoring what I told John Elway and Joe Ellis I would do, and that is give you as many arrows in the quiver to keep your job after this year.
4: That A-Rod thing is still so weird to me, Chad, because it wasn't just like we had some random local blogger breaking that news. It was like Adam Schefter and like the big hitters in the Denver market. They were all saying it was a done deal and it could happen in 24 hours. And then it just evaporates. I want to just make this point once more. I've said this a lot on Twitter. Comparing the Sertan pick, it wasn't Sertan versus Locke. It wasn't Sertan versus Bridgewater. It was Sertan versus Fields. As Prospects as rookie prospects entering the league. And George Payton valued in that position with the quarterbacks he had on the roster, he valued Sertan over Fields. It wasn't about who they had already. It was about who they could get at number 9.
3: In other words, who would help me win now more? Who Who would I have the better chance if I draft that person, that player, to help me win this year? Is it going to be Fields? Probably not. It's going to be Sertan of those two choices. Uh, Clayton, appreciate you. He says, I really feel like Drew Locke would have been a very good quarterback for Mike Shanahan or the Shanahan tree. Agreed. Very, very agreed. Eric Ortigon, teams that are undersized use things like the run pass option, misdirection options. Someone needs to let the team know they aren't undersized. They should be able to match offensively with anyone. And then last one here from Peter down under, he says, good afternoon, MHH, coming from the future. Preseason is over. The cuts are going to be interesting. Let's all hope for a great season. Go Broncos and state of being. And you really do personify that, Peter.
4: Well, Eric, that's Pat Shermer for you. You're never going to beat an opposing team, more than likely, when you have Pat Shermer just laying down and and calling the most vanilla game plans and games uh, Peter, in terms of cuts, yeah, by Tuesday, Chad, they have to get from 80 players to 53 players. If my math is correct, that's 27 people who are going to lose their job in the next 48 hours. It's the worst part of the business for those individuals, uh, but it's we'll know at least who's on the final roster, which is exciting.
3: Best-case scenario, though, is 16 of those 27 cuts could be resigned to the practice squad, assuming... There's not someone the team likes better that gets waived by someone else. So keep that in mind, too. Zach, again, thanks, buddy. He comes out of nowhere as a first-time superstar, and then he just drops knowledge. He says, off topic, I'm a current Ole Miss student. What do y'all think of the SEC merger, and how do you think other conferences will react? Super League. Zach?
4: I'm not – this isn't completely in my wheelhouse. Uh, Let me just say, though, I'm not really in favor of monopolies of any sort, business or sports or personal, whatever. Um, I don't like super leagues, super teams. I'm a traditionalist. I like things as they were. This is all about money in the end, though, and it's going to suck for a lot of programs that can't raise the same money as a bigger program can.
3: All right, but We don't have enough time tonight to dwell on that topic. we got to keep it Broncos. Uh, Grant – thank you, Grant. Yep, we got that one. Driscoll, what surprise cuts do you see coming on Tuesday? Uh, I don't really see anything too surprising, but if if you want to kind of qualify it that way, talking about draft picks, recent picks, I could see Tyree Cleveland getting the boot. As I mentioned, I could see Jamar Johnson getting the boot because P.J. Locke has outplayed him. I could see Seth Williams, rookie sixth rounder, getting the boot. But aside from that, Zach, there's no obvious T.J. Ward here. And even T.J. Ward, when he was cut, I mean, Vance Joseph stood up there and at the day he was cut, didn't even know he was cut at the podium. It surprised his own head coach. So uh, I don't see anyone. to use. Zach? Um, I had Derek
4: Tuska. getting left off the raw. I think that's fairly obvious though. I will say it's not a cut, but one surprise move that George Payton again was revealing about, he said the Broncos and confirmed for the second time. Now they're getting a number of calls about cornerbacks. So you wonder Bryce Callahan, is he up in the air right now? How is, you know, what's his future in Denver in a contract year? He has the foot problems. Maybe they'll look to move him. I think that would qualify as a surprise.
3: Okay. Um, Really quick, here we're gonna grab no more supers, guys, because we're gonna grab what's left and then we really do got to go tonight. Um, I'm scrolling down here because I know Tanner jumped back in.
4: And by the way, the fact that we have to say no more supers, you guys truly are incredible once again. I, it's it's amazing. You're generous. Love you,
3: much love, Tanner. Thank you. I just made note of that, appreciate it. Uh, he, by the way, it's at Tanner underscore Costa on Twitter. Comic Man needs to go, says Tanner. It doesn't work. Broncos country doesn't deserve bad kickoff coverage. Broncos defense doesn't deserve it either. Got to try something else. Zach, I'm with you. I'm with Tanner on that. But what makes you think after everything, Vic Fangio? I mean, he's going down with this shit, dude. Exactly. Like, that's just not going to change. It's It's frustrating, but it's just, it is what it is for now.
4: I say this for Fangio, he's loyal to his subservience. He's taken Donatel along at various stops. He's kept Tom McMahon in employment when he's obviously fireable. I I mean, I don't understand. The only thing that would save the special teams is changing the coaching. And you can make that same argument about the offense as well.
3: And you know what's crazy? It's like you listen to, uh, if you ever check out Pat McAfee's podcast, when he gets talking some of his old uh, football stories and stuff from the Colts, you know he's an All Pro punter for the Colts. Um, that retired very young. He talks about Tom McMahon like he's a saint, you know, like he's a freaking Hall of Famer. That's his opinion. Very you know, my I see. Very uh, strange because hey man, special teams coordinators typically you know they last so just as long as their coaching regime lasts. Whoever well, their head coach. He's had some real staying power here, right? Two Uh, words,
4: Colby Wadman, all (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) say.
3: If you know the background on that, you know the background. All right, we got to rapid-fire these, Zach. Velveta, thank you. He says, they named Teddy the starter, but is the competition really over? I'm going to ride with Teddy, but I have a sense Drew will get his time this season. A lot of people think that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but it will be very much so over Vic's dead body. Um, (laughs) Nathan? Shout out from Long Beach, the LBC. What's up, dude? He says, great work, guys. Thank you very much. And then, Zach, I'm just going to take one last check on Super Chat, making sure. Yeah, that's it. So while I queue up uh, the, the final tally on Facebook, Zach, any final thoughts on what you saw tonight?
4: Uh, I do want to add that Patrick Sertan 2nd PS2, is the real deal. I, I, he's amazing. His click-and-close ability, his ball awareness, his physical stature. I mean, the guy is a man amongst boys when he's playing with second stringers. Thank God he didn't get hurt in this game. But my God, is he going to have a wonderful career in Denver. I'm talking all pro perennially. That's how high I see his ceiling.
3: Champ Bailey said earlier this week, people say that he reminds them of me, and I gotta agree with him. It's <laughs> like, that. whoa, dude, that's some that's some high praise. All right, final tally on Facebook tonight. Andrew Lampy leaps frog leapfrogs, pardon me, back to number two. Randy, though, finishing number one. Thank you, guys. Daniel, thank you, buddy. Seth, thank you. Michael, Colby, David, Brad, Eric, Tracy. Thanks to each and every one of you. And you know it's two weeks in a row that you've gotten a fifth huddle up podcast episode in the week. Thanks for having us guys yeah. and uh, being here for us. We've had a steady 500 some odd people in the chat, this entire streams act. So it's been yep. really great to see. And I think we got, we got one late last one. Minute. Dante. Grab this one. Well, I'll yes, grab it sir. and then, and then you answer and then get us out of here. Dante. Thank you, Dante. He says, I can't stay for the show live, but I'll give the entire pod a listen later. Teddy on offense really felt like it sucked the juice out of the first half. I don't know about that. He started a little shaky, but he bounced back and got a, you know, he scored both times he was on the field. Well, no, he had one punt. They had one punt. So three times, three drives, field goal punt, touchdown. And that was the first time that punt, Teddy, a Teddy drive did not end in points. So take some encouragement from that, Dante.
4: Yeah, and just to kind of pivot off the quarterback point while we have the time for a second here, the defense guys did not allow a touchdown in three preseason games. I think that's something we're celebrating. And also, Vaughn Miller played a lot better than I expected him to play. He was like the old Vaughn, and I think that year off it was unfortunate, but it did him, like we predicted, Chad, a lot of good physically. I think he's in for a Vaughn Miller-type season this year.
3: Wrap that dude in bubble wrap until the opener. That's That's all I'm going to say.
4: That's right, but guys, we're getting out of here for this evening. This was the Huddle Up podcast, and we will see you guys tomorrow night. And I will see you for KK tomorrow afternoon. But in the meantime, guys, be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account; it's your one stop shop for all Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, and so much more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow my partner Chad on Twitter at Chad N. Jensen. You can follow myself. At Kelberman NFL, if you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a trucker hat, get yourself a t-shirt, get yourself a a gator. There's everything there, guys. I promise you, it's all good stuff. Also, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Big blue button, become a supporter. You get instant access to KK tomorrow afternoon, Broncos Book Club and Trickle Zone every weekend. I believe it's every Saturday, Chad. Right? Is that BBC
3: yep uh broncos book club every saturday at two mountain and the trickle zone every saturday at noon mountain
4: there you have it so uh get on that guys five bucks a month i promise you great content more on the way we appreciate your patronage also facebook.com slash my lie huddle pod like that page and follow that page but if you can't do any of those things we ask you to do these three things that help us grow and enhance our brand more than anything else that subscribe like and share this video and every single freaking video you see on the MHH platform, it helps us grow. Like I said, and reach more Broncos fans, just like you. We are out for tonight. Another Broncos win this preseason. We are onward to the regular season, Week One against the Giants, September twelfth. We'll be back in the saddle, six o'clock Mountain, eight o'clock Eastern tomorrow night. I'll see you for KK tomorrow afternoon at noon Mountain Time. Take care, guys, and as always, go Broncos.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl.
0: You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Sentry, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available on all states. See policy for complete coverage details.